Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. They will all have access. Jesus limited himself to a physical body and the geography of a region, but the Holy Spirit is unlimited. Consequently, you and I can enjoy what Peter and Mary and John and Philip, what, what, what the earliest disciples experienced. You're listening to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about strengthening the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. You know, if you've been hanging around here for any length of time, you know that the last 10 years have been filled with challenges in my life. My marriage went through a very dark season before restoration happened. I battled breast cancer. One of our kids has battled severe mental health challenges. The ministry I led for 24 years closed its doors. And my father, who I was very close to, passed away. I honestly cannot imagine having walked through all of that without God leading, guiding, and comforting through the person of the Holy Spirit. And as I help others walk through their hard circumstances, it's become evident to me that not everyone understands the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's why I'm excited about today's conversation with Max Licato. Max Licato is the teaching minister of Oak Hills Church in San Antonio, Texas. He is America's best-selling inspirational author with more than 145 million products in print. That is crazy. His latest book is Help Us Here, Finding Fresh Strength and Purpose in the Holy Spirit. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, Max. It's a great joy uh, to to connect with you, uh, to learn more about you. I'm fascinated by what I've read, that you live in a house that's 109 years old. Yeah. Is that right? Did I read that correctly? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. What, it's amazing. What's, what's the story on that, and what's the maintenance like? <laughs> you don't even want to know about the maintenance, but... <laughs> It's a good thing that my husband has uh, remodeling skills. That's all I have to say. And uh, and really home repair skills. But uh, yeah, we, you know what? It's not a family home. We bought it when we were in um, raising our family. And we just really wanted a place uh, that was out of a neighborhood. So we're yeah. in the country and 
Uh, we wanted mm-hmm. a place that was big enough. We had five kids, so seven of us. Mm-hmm. And we found this six bedroom farmhouse that wow. just fit us perfectly. So, yep, we had to do a lot of remodeling, but it was, it did was, you? yeah, we did. Yeah, I have my oldest daughter. Uh, well, I live in San Antonio, like you said, and my oldest daughter and her husband um, bought a house, the uh, core of which was built in 19, I'm trying to remember, Jill, in 1920s. So it's, wow. it's pretty old, too. It's not as old as yours. And it's been added to, uh, you know, houses have personalities. At, at one time, it was a dude ranch. At one time, it was an actual working ranch. Uh, and, and, and it uh, was originally on a big acreage. Of course, now it's just on, well, it's on two or three acres, which is still enough, but not the hundreds of acres it used to be. I right. love stories of old houses. I know. Our neighbor across the street um, has since passed away. He, his uh, grandson lives in the house across the street now. And when I say across the street, uh, you need to have a picture their lane to the <laughs> house, their lane to their house is a quarter mile long. So yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it, it, we're talking yeah. a country across the street, but um, right. he was actually uh, the gentleman, the farmer that uh, lived uh, over there. Uh, he was actually born in this house and, mm, really? um, and our, lived there his whole life. Huh? Yeah. And our, our home has different levels. We're always telling people, watch your step because there's just the tiniest. And it's because it was, yeah. it was built on several times. Okay. So anyway, yeah. yeah, it's really, it's been a lot of fun. And um, we've yeah. it. It, it. You know, if I, I know we're not here to talk about houses, but just <laughs> one more quick story. Yes. My daughter, my, I have three daughters and my yeah. youngest daughter went to uh, college in Baylor and she and her husband moved, her boyfriend moved, well, they, they met and that's a whole nother story. They ended up moving back to Waco and she got a job uh, and worked for many years with Chip and Joanna Gaines in the Fixer Upper show. Oh my goodness. And they, because of that, because she was Joanna's assistant, had the opportunity to have a house on the show the second season. And so for all you Fixer Upper fans, I think it's season two, go and, and find Sarah and Jeff. And I'm in that episode. And they bought an old house. And, and of course, like they do on the show, I mean, they transformed it. And it is just a gorgeous house now. It's amazing what people can do who know what they're doing. Oh, my goodness. How fun. How fun. I'm sure yeah. there's some spiritual application in that, Jill. We can- oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, while we're on that subject, we I went with some girlfriends to uh, Waco and we stayed in one of Chip and Joanne's uh, homes that they have redone yeah. and they now mm-hmm. offer it as an Airbnb. And um, I know exactly where you're talking. And and now my daughter has th- that house. She offers it as an Airbnb and has moved to a different house. But I know exactly the house that you're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was so fun. We thoroughly <laughs> yeah. enjoyed it. We really did. OK, Great. well. Back to our topic. At hand. To we, we could we could talk <laughs> about this all day, couldn't we? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, you know, you you have a brand new book out. and It's about the Holy Spirit. Talk about, you know, my my experience as an author is that every book kind of has a story behind it. What's the story behind this? Like what caused you to want to write a book about the Holy Spirit? 
Um, you know, I'm a pastor and, and have been at the same church since 1988. I'm not senior pastor anymore. We have a position we call teaching pastor. Mm-hmm. And that means I'm on my, they're about to kick me out the door. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but it but it does mean I'm not in charge of the staff, but I still get to do a lot of I preach about 20 times a year. And gotcha. so I say that to say that about four years ago, uh, I really sensed the uh, society in which we're living in feeling really worn out. And this was pre-pandemic. I just, I I came across statistics about anxiety and depression and and the emotional issues. And and, uh, our family has had its share of those as well. Mm -hmm. And part, part of what has just rescued me during my tough days has been the invisible yet undeniable presence of the spirit uh, working in my heart. And I realized all those years I had never done an extensive teaching segment at our church. I had done individual sermons, but never an extended series all about uh, the comforter or the Holy Spirit. And and part of it was I couldn't quite figure out how to, how to contain it, how to come at the topic. But then I stumbled across the idea of looking at the different metaphors in the Bible about the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. wind, oil, uh, fire, uh, gift giver, intercessor, advocate. And I thought, there it is, that there's my table Mm -hmm. of contents. And so I went to work on that and it seemed like it really blessed the church. And then the pandemic hit. And uh, I thought, boy, we're really tired now. And so I uh, kept working on the book and it release, it releases now. And uh, I think it's a, a timely, timely conversation. I think so, too. Yeah, because, you know, that is that has been as I shared um, as I was opening this episode, that that has been something that has been an important part of my journey, but I am surprised at how many believers do not understand the role of the Holy Spirit and are not experiencing all that the Holy Spirit that brings to our life. That companionship piece of the Holy Spirit is huge, huge, especially when we're going through something dark or we're feeling uh, like we're struggling with something. Talk about that. Well, um, I'm curious if, if I can, did, did, did you uh, come across an understanding of the Holy Spirit by virtue of your uh, childhood being raised or, or was it something you discovered as an adult? Or That's how, a great question. That... I feel like I was introduced to the Holy Spirit in, in my childhood faith. I think I've come to a better understanding and have uh, strengthened that relationship as an adult. So I'm grateful mm-hmm. that I had a foundation of faith in mm-hmm. my childhood. Not everybody has that. And I did right. have that foundation mm-hmm. of faith. Although I think in the early years for me, it was religion, not relationship. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it really became relationship. And then that's where mm-hmm. I began to understand um, yeah. the, the value of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. living mm-hmm. life with me. Uh, here. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that word relationship. I think we can overcomplicate uh, the whole idea of following or knowing the Holy Spirit. Um, We can uh, make it too complicated when really it is a relationship. 
and yeah. just like I have with with my wife or with my friends. And to have a deeper relationship, I spend time with her or them, or I get to ask questions. I'll learn more. And, and the same, I believe, can be said about a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Uh, he is our companion, like you said, that mm-hmm. Jesus called him our, our intercessor, our advocate, our comforter. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I, I did not grow up uh, being taught. Maybe I was taught, but I didn't hear anything about the Holy Spirit. I, I, um, I was actually all the way through uh, college and, and seminary. I had been a missionary uh, for several years in South America. And then early in my role at the church where I'm at still, I, I really went through a time of stress, just a lot of stress, and uh, couldn't seem to get my to-do lists ever done. There was always more to do than I could do. And um, and, and the wheels came off and I struggled to sleep. I was by now I'm in my mid thirties and I just couldn't sleep at night. Um, mm. my, we had three daughters, we have three daughters, all three were small at the time. And uh, it was during those midnight, early morning hours when I couldn't sleep that I would get out of bed and go into my study. And, and I, Jill, I think I offered some of the most honest prayers of my whole life wow. during those hours. And that's when I sensed kind of a mysterious yet undeniable presence of the Lord with me, a friend. And it wasn't it wasn't a Saul to Paul, Damascus Road type thing, but it was gradual. And little by little, I began to feel more energy. I began to rest better. Uh, I began to see some solutions to problems we had at the church. Uh, I think our family uh, rode the wave, got through a tough stretch. Uh, And and I realized this is the Holy Spirit helping me. And so I I have come to deepen my affection for him and dependence upon him. And and also, if I can be so bold as to say, I think our society is desperate need of supernatural help. Uh, I'm not a cynic by nature, and and I don't have anything against uh, policies and politics, but I think we're trying to tell our government to fix all our problems. We need a supernatural intervention. We need a a Pentecostal level Mm -hmm. intervention to really uh, comfort us because we're tired and wounded and weary, And uh, but the Holy Spirit can do that. Yes. So we can just keep praying and asking. Yeah. And, you know, let's talk for a moment about the Holy Spirit, because really the Holy Spirit is a part of in the church is called the Trinity, the right. God, uh, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so talk for a minute about the different roles of, you know, how do you have one person that is three uh, different has three different roles? Talk about that. We have metaphors that have helped us, and all of them fall short because there is a mystery beyond, I think, our capacity to understand. Uh, but, you know, water can be ice, uh, can be frozen, it can come in rain, it can, it can, it can come at us in a variety of, of expressions. Uh, the same egg is both the shell and the yolk. And what do you call the part of the egg, this Around the oh, yolk, the, the white is that just stuff? the egg, 
the white stuff. Yeah, the white stuff. How's that? How's that for official? Shows how, yeah, shows how smart I am. Right? <laughs> Same. So, uh, the, the, the analogies are there and they help us. Um, the, the Trinity is, however, still one person. Uh, and so the one person is expressed in these three persons. Mm-hmm. And each one of them does something uh, and does something different. I think I really ask your forgiveness if I oversimplify this, but I I see that God the Father is our a paternal protection, yes, uh, come, who, who watches over us. God the Son is of course our eternal redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's our Savior. He's the one who died for us and rescued us and opened the door. And God, the Holy Spirit, is our sanctifier. He's sanctifying us. And that includes securing our salvation, indwelling us, bringing spiritual gifts so that we can help others to know the one we know. And also we can know him better. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Holy Spirit is is all about Jesus, revealing Jesus, reminding us about Jesus. Their roles overlap. Their roles overlap. We primarily see God the Father in the older covenant. Uh, We primarily see God as Jesus Christ, of course, in the New Testament uh, and in the Gospels. And then Jesus opened the door for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is executing God's will on earth today. Uh, He's advancing the cause and he's uh, strengthening the saints. And so that, that's way oversimplified, you know. But, but I but think it's helpful. At least how I put my mind around it. Right. And another word that, you know, for someone who's not familiar with the word sanctification, another word for that might be maturing. Like part of the uh, part of the job of the Holy Spirit is to ma- help us mature in our faith, to help us mm-hmm. to become more like Jesus. Um, and, right. and when we're sanctified, we're becoming, uh, l- less, uh, living in our flesh, uh, more, less living right. the way that God, mm-hmm. the way that we feel like living and living and us instead living more the way God wants us to live. Right. Yeah. So, or maybe, maybe sanctification is remodeling. Now we're back. <laughs> there the we topic. go back to the house thing, aren't we? Yeah, it is. But That's in a, a sense, great... he moves in and. And he begins to tear out that which is old and rotted and worn and install and build and correct and fix all the things that need to be repaired. Yeah. And he he loves us as we are, but he loves us enough to not leave us where we are because he wants so much more for us. So I love I love that. Yeah. You know, the Bible talks about the fact that we can experience a peace that passes understanding. Uh, How do you feel like the Holy Spirit uh, plays a role in us being able to find that peace? The earliest reference in the Bible uh, to the Holy Spirit is in Genesis 1 and verse 2. The description of the... uh, kind of pre-creation form of earth is uh, is teeming with violence and rage and, you know, just boiling. And, mm-hmm. and then it says, then the scripture says, and the spirit of the Lord hovered over the deep. The spirit of the Lord hovered over the deep. Mm-hmm. And then 
the creation began. So it, it seems to me the implication is that there had to be a calming before there could be a creating. And the Spirit of the Lord came and calmed. And that word hover is a nice word. It's uh, not used a whole lot in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It does appear in the book of Deuteronomy uh, when God said that he would hover over the children of Israel like an eagle over her nest. Mm-hmm. And so the image is that of, you know, uh, hungry little eaglets with their mouths wide open, just a, you know, a nest full of frenzy. And yeah. here comes Mama Eagle, spreads her wings and calms everything down. So the, the role of the Holy Spirit is that of one who helps us in a chaotic time, yeah. a chaotic season. Another example of this is when Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove. Uh, I cannot think of an animal, a bird more gentle or soothing than that of a dove mm-hmm. there's the picture of a dove so it, it it's 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 right to say that the holy spirit has a maternal a maternal mm-hmm. side uh that comforts mm-hmm. um, in fact in in new testament days a, a dove was a feminine symbol and so i know that the holy spirit doesn't really have a gender uh and there are people who like to refer to her and that didn't bother me. Jesus called Holy Spirit him. So that's what I do. But I, I certainly see the maternal side of the Holy Spirit. And so when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling wound up, when you're feeling uh, like the world is completely out of control, yes. Jill, as you described, that you felt several times, mm-hmm. I, urge, I urge the first thing that we can do is go like we would go to our mother and say, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid or I'm lonely. And trust that the Holy Spirit will be that companion yes. to comfort you and to help you through a struggling and difficult time. Yes, yes. And, and just recognizing that it, it's how God is present with us. You know, mm-hmm. I remember during my dark season in our marriage, um, my husband just really lost his way. And we talk very openly about it now and, and uh, share our story very openly. Um, but uh, we were separated for a season of time. He left. And the nights were the darkest for me. They were the hardest for me. And I remember crawling into bed and just saying, Lord, I just need you to hold me. And that was... I mean, it was the Holy Spirit that held me. I felt it. And um, Mm -hmm. that comforter was there. And that didn't mean I didn't cry. I mean, oftentimes I cried myself to sleep and, and, uh, you know, woke up in the morning, uh, you know, having to face another day that I was not wanting to walk out. But uh, boy, that those are that's what we're talking about uh, in that peace that passes understanding or with the Holy Spirit being the comforter. Did that season last a long time? It was a dark year. Yeah, it was a dark year. And uh, and he was unfaithful and lost his way. But um, Easter Sunday of 2012, he had his own personal resurrection. And uh, Mm. I'm telling you, made a U-turn. And um, it took us two years to heal. But I am so grateful for God's redemption. So grateful. And now we help other couples who are in crisis. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, let's talk about decision making. Uh, Because the Holy Spirit is a part, 
it can be a part of decision making if we will if we will let him do that if we will allow that how is it that the holy spirit helps with decision making let's talk about that one of the promises jesus made on the night before the crucifixion about the comforter is he will guide you into all truth so he is a guide and and it it, it is his desire to guide us um I was thinking about this early this morning. I had to get up early because of an interview Mm -hmm. and I went for a run and um, a a memory came to me. And I think it's from the Lord uh, of a time I took my daughter's snow skiing Uh and uh, and that we were all on the bunny slopes. We call them, you know, the the, where the beginners are. Yep. And there was a uh, person who was uh, skiing who was sightless who was blind and that person was following a guide and the guide had his poles and he would tap, 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 tap all the time, just making that noise. And he did the back and forth down the slope, side to side to side, going somewhat slowly, but tap, tap, tap. He wasn't talking. And so the person who had no sight was listening for that sound. Yeah. And he was trusting, he was trusting the direction of the guide uh, to to lead him down. And that, I think, is a picture, uh, at least uh, in part, of how the Holy Spirit leads us. Uh, We all walk by faith and not by sight. You cannot see into the the five minutes from now. I cannot either. We think we know what's going to happen, but we're all blind when it comes to the future. But there is this guide whose assignment, heavenly sent, uh, heaven sent assignment, is to give us that tap, 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 to carefully escort us through life. He does this through uh, two, work, two, two tools primarily. One is the verse or the Bible. Yeah. The other is the voice. And uh, I'll come back to the voice. The verse, of course, is scripture, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Holy Spirit is the, the scripture is the sword of the spirit. And so when I read my Bible, when I open my Bible, I'm opening myself to God's word yes. and he talks to me. And then the voice can be the voice of a pastor or the voice of a teacher or a counselor, a friend, a respected confidant could be your voice as you're helping people. Uh, it's a voice of somebody who's, who's maybe wiser or more experienced it could be uh, an inner voice, uh, a voice within ourselves. You know, we call that a prompting or an impulse. Uh, the the saints of old, I've read, called it a knowing. They had a knowing about something, just an assurance yes. that the Lord was leading them. I think about Luke, who who wrote the, of course, the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts, and he begins that gospel by saying, "It seemed right to me, O Theophilus." to mm-hmm. compile this account for you. So he had a knowing it seemed right to him. Yes. And and those are those are God's sent impulses. So we've got the verse, we've got the voice and and whenever there is a voice that is in con- contrary to the verse, then the voice has to defer to the verse because the verse is the authoritative guidance. But sometimes that voice will just give us a little more detail on the verse. Uh, a little more direction as to how to obey 
that particular uh, command. Uh, is that helpful? At oh, all? that's so helpful. I love the voice and the verse. I've never heard it that way. And I love that. Um, and so the voice will never tell us something that is in it, it that is, does not agree with God's word. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's that, um, important for us to understand, but I, oh, I love that. I think it's a great picture of, um, and, and I think it's, if I can just jump in and say, isn't it a blessing to think that every single human being can hear the voice of God? I know it's not always easy to discern, but I think as we learn to uh, walk with our Heavenly Father, we begin to sense what He wants and desires, and it, and it does get easier, you know, yeah. over time. We're, we're learning to speak His language and yes. learning to hear His, and, and it does take time because what we're doing is we're surrendering our will and trusting His. Yes, Yes. Oh, surrender. So big. Um, but you know, one time I heard somebody say, and I wish I knew like where this originally came from, but somebody say that when we read God's word, we increase the Holy spirit's vocabulary in our life. Hmm. And I loved it. That was like, that's so true because the more we know the word, then that's often what, what the Holy spirit will, will bring us back to as well. And, um, you know, it will increase those, uh, that our familiarity with the verse, as you said, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. then the voice can use that even more in our lives and in Mm -hmm. our heart. Mm -hmm. So, so if somebody, so one of the things I like to really do here is get very practical. I think it's important. People, people want to know the why, but more than that, they want to know the how. So if somebody wants to begin to be led by the Holy Spirit, they want to be more intentional about allowing the Holy Spirit to, to comfort, to lead, to guide, um, to show the way, what would be some practical next steps that somebody could take? Well, if we were sitting in a living room having this conversation, I might uh, be tacky enough to answer that question with a question, <laughs> just for the fun of it. I might say something like, uh, let's say you are single and you see the most beautiful man or woman you've ever seen, uh, and you know they're single. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, you're 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 going to introduce yourself. You're going to reach out. You're going to uh, engage in a conversation. You're going to uh, start creating a relationship. Um, maybe you'll spend intentional time together. Maybe you'll have some heart to heart conversations. Maybe you'll make a covenant to keep going out. You might even at some point say, let's talk about doing this forever. You might even make a public profession and you might say, we're in this for the long haul. Yeah, I, I, I think I think, Jill, that, that having a relationship with uh, with the Holy Spirit. is not unlike nurturing a healthy relationship with a human being. Remember, the Holy Spirit is a person. Uh, he can be grieved. He can be lied to. He, he can be quenched. Uh, he can be dismissed. And so uh, he, uh, he, he, the fact that we cannot see him makes it somewhat complicated for us. But 
we can pursue a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So if a person is saying, how do I do so? I say, well, talk to him. Mm-hmm. Talk to him. Yeah. You know, just say, Holy Blessed Spirit. I'm, I'm not sure we've ever visited, <laughs> but I'd sure like to. I'd like to have a relationship with you because I've heard about you and I'd like to start following you. Would you would you please? Now, the Holy Spirit goes where Jesus is. The Holy Spirit goes where Jesus is because Jesus is the one who turns us into vessels uh, worthy of the residence of the Holy Spirit. Because by ourselves, apart from Jesus, we're not holy. The Holy Spirit is holy. Mm -hmm. So he will not live in an unholy vessel. So first we receive Jesus as our Savior. And he cleanses us. He does. He he changes our posture from lost to saved. And then the Holy Spirit comes in. And uh, now that we have been made holy, positionally holy, I know we still have unholy desires, but we're positionally, legally holy in Mm -hmm. God's eyes. Then the Holy Spirit comes in and does that remodeling we've been talking about. And sometimes it's a delight. Sometimes it's difficult. But he's always there to help us and and to be with us. So let's keep it simple. Jesus breathed on his disciples and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. So let's just receive the spirit and uh, trust that that if we open our hearts, uh, he will make sure to enter in. Mm, Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think some of the easiest ways to um, I think some of the easiest ways to to talk with the Lord is even when you see something like you you might see a beautiful sunset and even just to simply say, Oh God, that is so beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. Is is like, you know, recognizing that he is literally the Holy Spirit is with you everywhere that you go. You know, when you see something beautiful, when you are um struggling with something, is just recognizing that you could just talk to him in the moment. I would say that's probably one of the things that changed for me as I began to be aware that I didn't have to ask God to be with me or even to be with a loved one who who um who loved him. I needed to uh, ask that I was aware of his presence. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's just even having conversation, you can be driving down the road. God, I don't know what to do about this decision. Holy spirit, lead me, guide me, show me. And just recognizing mm-hmm. he's literally right there beside you. I agree. I agree. Uh, let's not make it complicated. Let's make it as simple as it can be. Jesus said, I must leave. So the Holy spirit can come or the comforter can come. And, and he said, it will be better for you. And I think by saying that, he was saying then everyone can experience what you apostles have experienced in the last three years. Uh, you will have access to, they will all have access. Jesus limited himself to a physical body and the geography of a region, but the Holy Spirit is unlimited. Yeah. Consequently, you and I can enjoy what Peter and, and Mary and and John and Philip, what 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 the earliest disciples experienced, you and I can experience that as well. Ah, so true. So true. And we need that. We need that to handle our anxiety. We need that to handle the dark seasons. We need that when we're making a decision. We need that to just guide us as parents, as marriage partners, in our businesses. Um, so you know, it's a it's a gift 
that so many of us haven't yet unwrapped and tapped into. So I'm excited about your new book. Thank you for taking the time to join us. The name of the book is Help is Here, Finding Fresh Strength and Purpose in the Holy Spirit. And Max, where can people find you online? Where can they hang out with you and continue to just get yeah. encouragement? Well, uh, maxlocato.com is the place to go. And there's no other Max Locato in the world that I've ever met. So <laughs> it's easy to find. You're not gonna you're not gonna find several of us out there. I love it. I love it. All right, maxlocato.com. And would you be willing to pray for our listeners as we bring yes, this to a close? Of yes. Lord, thank you for this conversation that Jill and I've had today. But thank you that you have overseen and uh, brought to mind the things you wanted to say. Yeah. Thank you for Jill, for her redemption story. I pray blessings on her, her husband, their children, and everybody in normal Illinois. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for all you've done for us. We bless you. And we do pray for a time of refreshing, a season of refreshing to come, uh, not just to our personal lives, but to our, uh, our country, to our entire world. We beg you for a new day, a day of revival that would be talked about for decades and until you return. In Jesus' name, mm-hmm. amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org slash podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing, we have three free ebooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. See you next week where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships.